0: Good morning, Oikos. Good morning. This is a good, good day, and I hope that we can all give thanks today as we think about what the Lord has done over the past five years. I hope everybody has a seat. If you see someone that doesn't have a seat, scoot in a little bit, make sure they have a seat. If they want to, they can sit on the steps up here. All up to you. This last couple months, I've been thinking about what is the message that needs to be shared After we celebrate five years. Five years is not a long time. Sometimes it seems like a really long time. And sometimes when you look back at the pictures as we saw in the opening, it just seems like yesterday. So a couple months ago, I read Psalm 115. And I really heard the Lord speak that this is the message for us today. So let's take a look at this psalm. It starts out, not to us, O Lord, not to us, but to your name goes all the glory for your unfailing love and faithfulness. Why let the nations say, where is their God? Our God is in the heavens, and he does as he wishes. Their idols are merely things of silver and gold shaped by human hands. They have mouths but cannot speak and eyes but cannot see. They have ears but cannot hear and noses but cannot smell. They have hands but cannot feel and feet but cannot walk and throats but cannot make a sound. And those who make idols are just like them as are all who trust in them. O Israel, or O Oikos, trust in the Lord. He is your helper and your shield. O priests, descendants of Aaron's, trust the Lord. He is your helper and your shield. All who fear the Lord, trust the Lord. He is your helper and your shield. The Lord remembers us and will bless us. He will bless the people of Israel and bless the priests, the descendants of Aaron. He'll bless those who fear the Lord, both great and lowly. May the Lord richly bless both you and your children. May you be blessed by the Lord. Who made the heaven and the earth? The heavens belong to the Lord, but He has given the earth to all humanity. The dead cannot sing praises to the Lord, for they have gone into the silence of the grave. But we can praise the Lord both now and forever. Praise the Lord. The verse that stuck with me, of course, was the very first one Not to us, O Lord, not to us, but to your name goes all the glory for your unfailing love and faithfulness. As we celebrate today, we have plenty to give thanks for, especially to Jesus. He is so steadfast. He gives us his unfailing love. And I want you to think about those two words, unfailing love. His ultimate love was demonstrated on the cross when he died for us so that we could have life. He died so we could live. He died for those who failed, the one who was unfailing. He died for those who failed, the one who is unfailing. He continues to show his unfailing love day after day after day, especially as it's attributed to our salvation but in the normal things as well. In those hurts that occur that we don't know where they're coming from, his unfailing love is steadfast. We continue to fail day after day. Did anyone fail this last week? Did mess up? <laughs> Did you say something you regret? Did you do something you shouldn't have done? Jesus stands there steadfastly, unfailing as we fail. And not only does he stand next to us as we fail, but his love is unfailing. He doesn't look at you and go, I'm about done with you. Or this is the last time. Or don't do that again, or I'm out of here. He's the friend that when you're a bad friend to Him, He doesn't repay it. You know those friends that you call and you say how they're great and awesome, but they don't say anything to you? Jesus is unfailing in His love with us. And we need this unfailing love, don't we? We need it. We need something stable in our life. Something that doesn't go away. Because we experience loss, and we experience hurt, and sometimes it's just too much. We're celebrating five years, and many times I get asked this question, so how did you all get started? And one time when I went to this conference, I heard this statement, and I thought, this is exactly how we got started. The guy said, you know, with many church plants, it's, it's kind of like this. It's like sausage. You don't want to know what goes into it or how it's made. You just like how it tastes. Well, that's oikos. You don't want, some of you, this is your first experience. You don't want to know everything that went into us getting started. But I will tell you that to deny that there wasn't hurt would fail to understand how much God loved us through it. There were some things that happened that if we didn't have the unfailing love of Jesus, we would have gone nowhere. I still remember our first sunday there's huge anticipation wondering who's going to show up we were going to have it in a house and the sunday before that i had given my last message at the church that i was serving at and we had 333 people there the gym was full the very next sunday I knew we would be starting something in a house, and I had heard many people say, "When you get a real place, we might think about coming." And I thought, well, uh, if we could have maybe 30, I hope we have 30." And we walked in that Sunday, and I remember I was so nervous. I promised, Ken, I didn't puke in your, your bathroom. Normally that's how it was. When I first started as a pastor, you ask my wife, every Sunday I had to have a little time by myself to get everything out before I could go up there because I was so nervous about preaching. But it kind of made me reflect back to those early days because we were starting something brand new and I was scared. I thought for a moment that everything depended on that one message. If I screwed it up, those 30 people may not come back. If it wasn't so funny and awesome and everybody, then we would never grow. And I remember on that Sunday as we walked into the house and people were gathering, all of a sudden the house started to get really, really full. And that should have encouraged me. But instead I just got more nervous because more and more pressure was like, Oh, my gosh, now we have over 100 people in this house. And I thought, I hope they don't break anything or Dolores is going to kill me. And I, I also hope that it's okay. And Jason, and I hope that you actually check the sound. Uh, will people be able to hear us? Could they even see us? And will they come back? Will they wait around four more weeks until we get to be in Lutheran High North where we'd have regular worship? And God surprised us. He surprised us and for a moment I remembered that I had forgotten that God's love is unfailing. That didn't depend on my first message. It didn't depend on how we appeared that day. It was simply that God had gathered his people and he was starting a new thing. That first year, we had 15 baptisms and a wedding. We have so much to give thanks for. In fact, today, just look around for a moment. Not just at the building, but at each other. This is what we have to give thanks for. I know that not all of you are a part of Oikos that every Sunday this is the place where you come and and you gather. Many of you are attached because someone says, this is my place. But because of that, God has done something good. But again, we say, not to us, O Lord, not to us. But to your name goes all the glory for your unfailing love and faithfulness. I believe that God has way more in store than what we have seen in the past five years. I mean, we've seen a lot of baptisms here. We have seen healings, restorations, marriages that were ready to fail, that have been restored. Friendships, renewed, good things. We have ten missional communities inside the urban core of Houston. 10. Who would have guessed? We have two churches that we got to plant. Who would have thought that? That first day when I was giving that message in Ken and Dolores' house, I wasn't thinking about church plants. I was just thinking about us. Could we survive? I wasn't thinking about anything other than, will we be here next Sunday? He gave us a free campus, free, right? (laughs) He has given so much. It says in Psalm 12 and 13, the Lord remembers us and will bless us. He will bless the people of Israel and bless the priests, the descendants of Aaron. He will bless those who fear the Lord, both great and lowly. He blesses us so we can bless others. And the only thing we have to bless others with is His unfailing love. It's what He's done for us. So what will I see or what do I think the Lord will do in the next five years? Because we can focus on the past and what He he did. He healed us. I know he, He healed me I didn't act like it the very first year well, or I didn't think I acted like it, but I was broken. I mean, that's just the way it was. And a lot of our leaders were broken. And I see families that have come since then that were, have been broken, but His unfailing love just kept on pushing and pushing onto our broken hearts until they were healed. And there's not completeness there yet? No. But I think we're at a point where the next five years are going to be pretty exciting. I had a moment to think about what is the exact thing that he wants to do. And for Oikos, we make things, or we try to, as simple as possible. It's about family. We want to create family. For some people, it gets a little weird because they think they have their own family, and yet we go, come, be a part of our family. We tell them, come to our house, be a part of our things. But that's what we do. Because our society has lost what it looks like to have relationships that can go deeper than a hello and how are you. That we can actually know what's going on in your life. That we can speak God's word into your life because we know what's going on in your life. That we can help you listen to what the Lord is saying to you and help you respond. So the next five years, what do I think is going to happen? We're going to focus on family, but even more so I believe that the Lord's best representation of what His church looks like is a family that's on mission. We're not just about creating relationships with each other that make us feel good. We're about creating relationships with each other that help us do His mission. Now that includes that you feel good. Because again, we represent His love. So in the next five years, I think we're going to be this church building families they continue to build families because we want to be a great, 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 great grandparent of many, many families, which means we want to be a church that plants many churches. I'm excited. Are you excited about that? Yes. We've got two. <laughs> we have two. Two. But I believe that if we believe in a God who can do anything, we're going to have a lot more. Oikos will participate in planning at least 100 churches in the next five years. Yeah. I could. <laughs> Breathe it in. Do we believe in a God who can do anything? So what this means is that we have to develop relationships. Not all of those hundred churches will come just out of this house. We've already developed relationships with St. Mark and with Pilgrim. I believe some of the churches are going to come out of our own churches that we plant, Oikos Montrose, New Church, Oikos, or Third Ward Oikos coming up in the next year. And what this means is You know, I'm a strategy guy. So the next year, we're going to plant one church. So how are we going to make 100 churches? We're going to plant one church because we need to make sure we get it done next year. The following year, we'll have two churches. And then the following year, I believe, built on partnerships and the churches that we plant, that they are disciple-making, family-making churches. We will plant one church every month. You ready? The following year, this is the fourth year, we will plant two churches every month. We, remember I'm saying we, not me. We will plant two churches every month. And then the last year, we will, church, we will plant one church every week. That gets us to about 500. Now, we're not used to that because we planted two. But we could say we planted three because we did plant ourselves. But I won't include that in the numbers. This is part of who we will be. We won't be a church that just focuses, like I was, that first Sunday that we gathered together on will we exist the next Sunday. We'll be a church that will be after planting churches throughout the city of Houston so that people can be attached to family and families that are on mission. I hope that is exciting, but to get there, we have to do some things. Number one, it won't be us. Go back to the verse, not to us, O Lord, not to us, but to your name goes all the glory for your unfailing love and faithfulness. His unfailing love and faithfulness helps us do the things that He's placed on our hearts. To plant these churches, we've got to do a few things. One is invest in people. We do this through discipleship. This means that we help people hear the voice of God. That's through reading scripture. That's through developing some disciplines. That's through our morning devotions. That's through... Us gathering together, that's through us coming into one another's homes and our conversations are not just about the Astros or the Texans. It may mean that our conversations include more about what Jesus is doing in our life. It means that we may have to be more transparent about our own lives to open the door for someone to, be, to feel safe enough to be transparent with what's going on in their life. It means that we'll have to take some risks as we disciple people and say, you know what? You're going to go over and you're going to pray that the Lord will heal that person. And that person's going to say to you, I don't know if I want to do that because what if he doesn't heal that person? I'm going to look really stupid. And you're going to say, not to you, not to you, but to God be the glory. Glory. If he chooses to heal that person, it will be for his glory, not yours. So stop worrying about yourself and start stepping into what he is doing. We also have to start MCs, missional communities. We have 10 of them. What it is, an MC, is us practicing to be family it's making space sometime on a regular basis so that we understand what it looks like to regularly invite people into our lives. That's what an MC is. See, it's not that complicated, it means that you have to open your house. How many of you have a home? I can't do a quick count, but I think I counted at least 30. And I'll pull back and say 20. If we would take 20 of those homes and open them up and you would invite three of your friends in today's society, especially in Houston, you can guarantee that if you invite three friends, at least one of those friends will not know Jesus. Guess what? Here at Oikos, we're so lackadaisical about rules that you don't have to have 10 people to start an MC. All you need is two or three. Because that's what Jesus said. Where two or three are gathered, I am there with you. So open up your home, invite a couple friends, And you will start to see God's glory be revealed. So to do this, we need MCs. Because out of MCs, we believe new churches start. And we'll develop those leaders. Our homes will become open. Hope will start to move throughout the city. Because we need a movement to do this. So I said a hundred churches. Hundred churches. Is that what I said? Just check and see if you listen. Hundred churches it means we need a thousand MCs. And I know you guys are looking at me like I'm crazy. I will said freaking, but I told my kids they shouldn't use freaking anymore. Thousand MCs. Why do we need a thousand MCs? Because if we're going to plan 100 churches, I need 10 MCs to support each church. I want people to experience what it looks like to have a family that's full of people. A family that's thriving about the mission of Jesus. A family that loves one another. So the first year we need, this first year we have one church, Right? That's easy, right? Because we have Howard and Alyssa and they're ready to go, right? Howard just went through his colloquy, first interview, and guess what? He passed. But hold on. You have to keep your prayers going because he now has to go to St. Louis. But I believe the Lord is going to do a wonder. And he's going to pass as well. Maybe pass with nothing else to do, but we're prepared if he does. So we got our one church. Now we need 20 MCs. And some of you, I know, you hate the numbers. And I, I hate the numbers, but what numbers do is it actually pushes us. In fact, I was having a conversation with a couple of people this morning about prayer and why you should be specific. You know, being specific in prayer is not because it puts a little magic sauce in the prayer. It's not like God goes, oh, you were specific on that one. Okay, I'll put a little more in there. God already knows what's on your heart. He already knows what you really want. You are specific with your prayer so that you can give thanks when he does it. So you can actually go, Oh, holy crap. I prayed that he answered it. Guess what? That happened in this because I went out and I said, hey, Lord, we need a building and we need it to be free. And you're sitting in it. You're sitting in it. That wasn't because I was specific. He just wanted me to go, oh, holy crap. What are you going to do? If we say what we actually desire. Because he will bless you. He wants to bless you in his mission. For his people to gather his family so that we would know his name and glorify his name and love his son who is unfailing in his love. 20 new MCs first year. The next year it gets more challenging because to get to 1,000... I had to do the math, 50 new MCs the second year. I see you, Rhonda and Rick, you're going, Mm-mm, but your home's going to be open. I believe it. It's coming. Third year, 100 new MCs. The fourth year, 250, In the last year, 500. I hope you're, are you excited? Yes. You keep that excitement when I come knocking on your door. I'm looking right now, I'm looking to the faces, and you know I know you. Keep that excitement. We have to have people that are willing to open up their home. God has given you something. He's given you things. And I don't care if that home is an apartment, and I don't care if that home is a small little cottage. I don't care if that home is a huge house. He's given you things, and he wants you to use it for his mission. I don't care if you're at home living with your parents. I don't care. You just tell your parents we got to open up our home. This is what the pastor said. <laughs> Kids, you're the best because you can actually you can make that work. Because they're like, oh my gosh, my kid wants to do this. I got to do it. We have to open up our homes. And we can't be so crazy that it has to look a certain way. God is wanting to work through you. He made you. He didn't make you to do exactly what I do. He made you. And some of you are not a part of Oikos this morning. And we give all praise and glory to that. Because... I really don't care if you are a part of Oikos. I hope everyone here today, if you hear this message, this works whether you're in Oikos or not. I won't get to count it because I won't know what happened. But you can open up your home and invite some people over and do it consistently so that they know they have a place to go because things happen in this life. It happened to me five years ago. I thought our family was going to have to move. I thought we're done. I was basically done being a pastor. Things happen, sickness happens. But the unfailing love of Christ will always endure. At Oikos, we're not about Oikos, and it's taken us a long time to get there. We want to be about God's kingdom. And so, though I may not be able to know exactly how this influence will occur if you're not a part of us, we can give thanks for it because God is moving. We want to start a movement, a movement from Oikos. Of churches being planted that are about family and discipleship. Helping families get on mission for God. And inviting more people into that good, loving spot where people know each other. And I know our church is not perfect at it. But we want to get better. And we remember these words again. Not to us, O Lord, not to us but to your name goes all the glory for your unfailing love and faithfulness. Are you guys ready to start 100 churches? Are you ready for me to knock on your door and say it's time for your MC? The Lord wants to do so many good things. So many good things. And we are just a small little part of it, but I want to be excited about the small little part that he's handed over to Oikos. So let's give thanks. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that you are present, that you love us, that you are unfailing in your love. Boy, do we fail. And yet you continue to love. Help us to see that love and bring that love into our lives in a practical way that we can love others, especially those who do not love us. Lord, may your grace be shown through this place. May your glory be shown through this place. May you be shown in our lives, in our homes, in the places where you let us have shelter. And may we touch the lives of those who need family. The ones who are lonely, the ones who are sad, the ones who are broken, the ones who are sick. May we be the ones who invite them into your your household, into your family. Lord, we have said it once again. We want to do 100 churches, 1,000 MCs. We may fail. But your unfailing love will push us to do the best that we can. Lord, I hope that we can celebrate five years from now, saying that we have no idea how it all got done. Except to you. May all the glory go. Lord, we thank you that you've also given us this prayer from your son to remind us daily that we can go to you in prayer, in petition.